Hello, and welcome to the podcast on Wellness Matters for Direct Support. This is a podcast developed by the University of Minnesota's Institute on Community Integration. Wellness Matters for Direct Support will focus on the importance of health, wellness, and self-care for direct support workers. My name is Chet Cheddar, and I'm a national workforce consultant, and I'm also a direct support professional. I'm here with my colleague, Mark Olson. Hello, I'm Mark Olson, and I am a, also a consultant, primarily a trainer in person-centered practices and some other items. Um, and I, too, have spent a lot of years doing direct support. Today we have a guest who is a friend of mine who I learned, I met actually doing theater and you know theater is one of those things where um, you meet a lot of really cool people and you run into people who you share work lives with because oftentimes when you do theater you got to have a different job to make ends meet. And so let me introduce Sam Hedden and I will have her introduce herself a little bit more and why she's interested in the topics that we're talking about with wellness. Sounds great. Sam? Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, Chet. My background, I have a master's in education. It focuses on curriculum writing. I also have a license to teach science. Uh, like Mark said, I've got a varied background. It includes um, science, music, theater, public speaking, all across the board, which is great. It makes you for a well-rounded person. Um, the reason I got into looking at resilience and mental health was because I had to deal with my own mental health, but I was also a para for students for years, and I worked with a lot of kids and a lot of educators who were also dealing with some mental health concerns or issues, and I realized, well, I can take my master's degree and this was before the pandemic and I was like somebody should research this because there's a lot of educators struggling and educators can be anything from daycare teachers to primary secondary teachers paras there was a lack of support and understanding that these folks were in a very high stress situation and that's what I wrote my thesis on and thank you Sam and one of the things that, that I always take and I extrapolate a little bit because Anybody that's in a position where they're supporting others to live the lives they choose. So you spoke of the education realm. Many of our listeners um, work with adults with disabilities. Some of them work with students. Some of them work, you know, across the whole age range. Yet the resilience pieces that you've studied are things that apply to everyone that's doing one of those roles. And it applies to everyone who they support. So... Let's get started with the, our, our list of questions, and we're, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you the first one, pretty kind of a softball. Um, how do you define resilience? Um, resilience is a skill that helps somebody adapt or be able to be flexible or um, have the ability to deal with trauma or difficult situations, and resilience is not always an innate skill. Oftentimes it's something you have to build up and it's something you always have to work on because it's like any other tool that you'll lose it if you don't practice it. And 
it's something that I realized doing research, it's a skill set that is more prominent in certain places than others, but it should be something that we're learning constantly all of the time just for our own mental health and well-being. Um, it, it's a lot of practice, a lot of awareness, acceptance, and a lot of change in perspective. Sam, you mentioned that you need to learn different skills and mm -hmm. you need to kind of keep sharpening them, utilizing them so that you've got them when you need them. You studied resilience in your master's program. Can you talk more about what you learned? So not just from what I researched, because that was big, because that was applicable like in the real world, but also I had to take a few rounds of DBT therapy. If any of the listeners have ever taken DBT or know someone that's taken DBT, I'm sure they hear about these skills often. Can um, you define what DBT therapy is, please? Oh boy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I will try to say this. Um, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, you learn to sit with your emotions, how you can manage your emotions, um, be able to radically accept things the way that they are and then you can work on your behavior some of the steps to do that is accepting what is real knowing real versus imaginary which for some people they make up stories in their head all the time i know it fuels like anxiety which is frustrating and making up stories is difficult um giving yourself the chance to build relationships with therapists, friends, loved ones, chosen family, um, self-care, the whole idea of put your oxygen mask on before you help someone else with theirs, um, and having an opportunity to change your perspective and take that step back. Okay, so this is what's happening. How can I change this in my head and change the outcome by changing my behavior? So with that DBT, one of the things that I'm I'm hearing then is that, that, that there is a certain interpersonal concept that's involved. And you spoke of family, chosen family, all these different people mm -hmm. that are a part of someone's lives. Share with me a little bit of a story about, because um, I know you're a storyteller, just like <laughs> I've known you long enough to know that. Um, share a story about how you've seen some of that interpersonal effectiveness really impact something. The biggest thing that comes to mind for that's boundaries. So a lot of times having good interpersonal skills is being able to have healthy boundaries for yourself. So back in the day, because I'm, you know, obviously not turning 34 tomorrow, um, I was at an inpatient treatment center for an eating disorder and mental health for myself. And one of the things that we worked on was what are your boundaries and if someone crosses them what do you do there was a lot of work on how you can communicate with somebody about hey you did this and i not okay with that could you not do that and if they keep doing it how do you effectively walk away for your own well-being so having interpersonal communication skills, interpersonal skills, people always seem to think it has to do with talking. Sometimes it has equal amounts to taking a time out and taking a step away from a relationship of whatever kind. 
So that's something that I had to deal with because I've had to do that a few times, whether it's no contact or limited contact, and then being able to uphold that. So what I'm understanding when I hear that is that there's a certain part of getting in touch with yourself that has to happen. That critical awareness piece, yes. And, and you need to be able to take care of your own emotions so that you can interact in that in with that interpersonal effectiveness. Exactly. You have to be aware. And fun fact, because I know this is coming, uh, one of the there's a book that um, I had talked about, and one of those things is be impeccable with your word, and that has a lot to do with looking did that introspective type work looking at yourself and then sticking with what is true to yourself so knowing yourself is the first step and having that awareness of who you are that's a lot of work and, and the, the name of that book again is uh the four agreements okay mm -hmm. the four agreement and it's by michael rees and um you know, Sam recommends that, and there is a number of pieces in that that we'll probably talk about as the day progresses. So, uh, Sam, while you were talking about healthy boundaries, I think as direct support professionals, sometimes that drawing that line and having that boundary can be really difficult because we're supporting people sometimes in their homes, in their job, we're together a lot. And so sometimes keeping those healthy boundaries for ourselves can be really difficult, but really important. Would you have any suggestions if you feel, if a DSP feels like they're getting too involved and they're not really um, listening to those inner messages that are saying, ah, this doesn't feel quite right. I need to make sure that I protect me and, and, and that sort of thing. Well, I think it's one of those things where seeing a therapist is always good practice even if you see one once a month twice a month they're always great they can help listen and guide somebody um having a relationship with a manager or somebody that maybe is above you in some way and working on that relationship because sometimes and i've seen people have to do this where they're like hey this line is for me is getting grayed out and I'm not sure what to do. Maybe me working in this environment isn't the best fit for me. And then trying to come up with a game plan for who might be a better fit or am I better fit somewhere else? And having the chance to work with coworkers or somebody like that to maybe find a better fit. Or even I, I was thinking coming up with the words and the language to explain the boundary with the person that you're supporting um, in a way that's kind, um, but it's clear as well. Uh, and that way you don't need to leave where you're working or leave your person, uh, but you are setting up your own boundary and taking care of yourself. So you've worked as an ad para, which is what I would say is probably very similar in many ways to what our direct support professionals do. Was there ever a time when you actually um, ran into this or saw someone that you were working with mm -hmm. running into that whole boundary concern issue? Uh, I worked with a kiddo who was placed in a room that they very obviously shouldn't have been placed there. They needed a much higher care facility than where they were at. And it, they placed me with them for a temporary assignment, which was fine. Like I'd worked with other children in various degrees of mental health abilities. 
and um, this young man would get very physical and he didn't really understand that he could hurt someone. He was bigger, he was just about to enter high school and it got to the point where I did have to be vocal <coughs> with my peers and say, hey, I may have to talk to you guys about helping me because there's certain things I can't do. And that was kind of back to that awareness. I was like, I can help so much. And then I'm like, I can't help past here because it makes me uncomfortable. And so we had come up with a plan to take care of the kiddo and help him out during the school day and still get their needs met, but also making sure we were in a mentally and emotionally safe place as well. So activating, activating the supports you have around you and the importance of that became a key piece of that is what I'm hearing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just love that, that communication piece of asking for help from those around you um, or for a, from a therapist. It, it just so you're not there by yourself and there are others around who will help. Which asking for help can be really difficult because mm -hmm. who knew that pride gets in the way. Uh, sometimes asking for help um, is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Um, even if it's like the last thing you don't want, you don't want to do it or you don't want to feel like a failure. Thing is, is that you're failing people if you're not a hundred percent the best version of yourself. And sometimes that requires a little assistance and humans were designed to be social creatures. We we're designed to help support each other and realizing that you're like, Hey, okay. So it's a village, not just me. Yeah. I love that. What gets in the way of being resilient? A lot of people from research for my thesis is it took a lot of time. It wasn't just a one day course and bam, you're like perfect at it. It was something you do once a week or you have to practice daily. And once we talk about some of these books, they talk about always do your best. Sometimes your best is going to be 100% Superman, I've got this. Sometimes your best is going to be 10%. I'm eating a bag of chips on the couch and watching like some kind of TV show for the next 12 hours. We'll go with Hallmark movie for this time of season. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's one of those things where things that get in the way is time, energy, money sometimes also can be a big deal. Uh, even like your own mental mental mindset sometimes your mindset is a big block to how you could uh, move forward with that and you talked about us being a social creature which is very spot on um, in my experience in life that's truly the case even though i tend to be an introvert there are times when i just have to be social so it's it's one of those things but are there people i mean you mentioned therapists you mentioned colleagues are there other people in folks lives that might be a really good ear for them that chosen family I talked about, you and I met doing theater. Yes. That's kind of part of our chosen family, and we also do improv. That's another version. Finding those connections with friends or with coworkers or with family, maybe even your boss, which maybe they're your coworker directly, maybe they're, you know, just someone that you work with occasionally. Um, sometimes... Sometimes just going to a coffee shop and starting up a conversation with a stranger, you'll never know where it ends up going. Well, and sometimes, I mean, I, and he, tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, I know that 
until my sister passed. She was one of my biggest ears when I had something that I needed to, uh, to really get off my chest. Um, even since she's passed, there are times when my mindset goes to what would she do? Mm-hmm. What would she do in this situation? And so even though she's passed, she's still a part of my circle. And, um, you know, I think that that probably speaks to one of the things in the Brene Brown book about faith and in some of those pieces and that, you know, we, we all find those different walks for that. So a lot of times I end up journaling when I was going through DBT courses for myself and going through therapy now um, just for maintenance. I do a lot of journaling. So I have a whole journal just with lists of gratitude, things I'm grateful for. But at the bottom, I'll always jot down a note to the universe or the higher power or whatever someone wants to call it, just about, you know, this is where I'm at. This is where I'd like to go. Like, I would really appreciate any type of, like, you know, any type of vibe that I can get that might, you know, lead me in whatever direction I'm supposed to go. So far, it's been working. So, I mean, hey, there's got to be something to that, right? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I like to think of myself as a fairly resilient person, but there are times when I know that that resilience has has worn down. And I think this time after, well, we're still in a pandemic um, officially, but I think I'm worn down and other people are worn down. How can we learn to be more resilient and what are some of those skills, Sam? Learning to be resilient, like I said, it's a skill that takes a lot of practice and a lot of patience. Um, the self-care self-care part is do something you love take the time out make sure you've scheduled something that you enjoy that you know you can wind down and kind of just do um taking the chance to take a class learn something new sometimes that can make a big difference for people like me where i'm like always looking to learn something or research something that's my kind of thing um opportunities for growth sometimes for other folks um Taking the opportunity to go help others is more of their refresher. It's a lot about, um, it's like when you buy those, what were they called, Cutco knives, and you have to, like, re-like sharpen them after so long. It's kind of like resharpening that blade over and over again. It seems monotonous. Sometimes you don't want to do it, and you're going to roll your eyes every time you feel like you have to, but you're going to get a much better outcome if you keep with it consistently. Well, and and one of the things that that brings to my mind is rituals Mm -hmm. and how rituals can be a part of grounding us, too. Routines are important. I would like to say that I'm more of a free-for-all, but even I have my own routine. I get up every day. I go to kickboxing. I make a cup of coffee, and I built myself a routine that I was comfortable with. Other people have different routines, but yes, um, routines are a big deal, especially for feeling, you know, more grounded or like down to earth. Sometimes that helps. One for me, one of the things that I've gone back to recently, and maybe it's because I haven't even thought of it in this way of being resilient, but I've gone back to making my coffee the way I used to make my coffee, which is a real process. And there's a, there's a think time that goes along with it. So I've gone to doing a pour over instead of using the Keurig at the office. And that pour over gives me time to kind of plan my day and kind of figure out where I'm at that day. And if I'm going to be that person that's, you know, 
that's that's superpower 100%, or if I'm at the point today where, hey, you know, just showing up is going to be the best I can do. And I think routines help with that. I I know quite a few people who their days immediately just like flush down the toilet. They're like, I didn't didn't do this right this morning, and this didn't happen the way I was supposed to. Which brings me to the next thing is how do you change your perspective? That's a skill that you really do need to have to build that resilience. Because sometimes things are not going to work out the way you want, and you'll have like the worst luck ever, and you're going to like walk under every ladder and have every black cat, although they're adorable, like cross your path. And I gotta tell you, you really have to be able to take that step back and be like, whoa, I need a timeout. That's what I call it at home. I'm like, if I'm having one of those days, I'm like, I need a a mommy timeout. I love you because I have a seven-year-old and an 11-year-old. And I'm like, but I, I need a break. Like I need to, mommy needs to go sit down and maybe cry. Fun fact, crying is really good for you. People should do it more often. It's a and great should, release. And they should <laughs> laugh as well. Well, that too, yes. I'm hoping yeah. that there's a good balance both, now more yeah. than one than the other. But Yeah, yeah I mean, there, I, I mean I'm mean, i a bit of a sports fan, and, and right, the, the, the whole uh, V Foundation had its thing going on recently. And one of the things that, that Jim Valvano said was, you know, you should laugh every day and you should cry every day. Mm-hmm. And then you've had a full day, you know? You, it's it's getting in touch with the emotions that are a part of who you are and making sure that you're taking care of yourself in that manner. Right. That balance, DBT, is all about where is that happy medium? Not one or the other, but that nice, happy Goldilocks spot. Yeah. And, and as far as the black cat goes, if a black cat crosses my path, I pet it. I know, right? I mean, really. I mean... <laughs> So you change in perspective. That's right. right. You change that perspective right. immediately. I gotta pet the cat. It's like, ooh, it's fluffy. I want it. <laughs> well, Is her tag? But it's funny how all these things are connected because DBT is distress tolerance, interpersonal, and emotional regulation. So look at that. It's it's all it's all a part of it. It's all a part mm-hmm. of being human. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Let's see, where were we here? Um, What recommendations do you have to learn more about being resilient? The Internet's a really good tool. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. The Internet can be a really good tool. Turns out, as much as I don't like TikTok, sometimes there are pretty decent videos and people teach these little mini skill sets. Sometimes... If you know how and what to look for and you go to reputable sources, there's a lot of, like, advocacy places that will have done some kind of talk or education. And a lot of times they'll post them for free on their websites. And they'll be like, hey, we just did this talk. Um, Check this out. And they will have a lot of really good information and resources. And a lot of times that's a really good way to learn more and find more ways to help yourself out. Well, one of the things that I always think about there is that there are great pop culture resources out there. And I, I think that, you know, many of us glom on to Brene Brown because there's a lot of really good information there. And my vision of her is that she's done some of the research. Now, as far as some of the other research goes, I mean, did you ever use Google Scholar as one of your places where you would... Uh, Google Scholar was my best friend. Regular Google would have got me in so much trouble. Right. Uh, but yes, Google Scholar is great. And then it, it's nice having the 
chance and I wish that they would have like a general community course in this on how to search for specific things using like Google Scholar or there's more reputable sources because most people are like I went on Google and I'm like yeah. no go to Google Scholar <laughs> well in Google Scholar I mean for those that don't know I mean really just Google Google Scholar and it will take you to the Google that sounds weird, but Google Google Scholar, and you'll you'll actually get to the Google Scholar page where then it, it does take you to things that have had some sort of peer review. It takes you to some other things that maybe haven't had a peer review, but are our best practice types of things that may be out there. And you can run into things like this, like mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there's so much out there to, to do now. Knowing with direct support professionals, much like. Anybody that's doing a human services related thing, time is of the essence. So some of the some of the pop culture things, if you take them with a grain of salt and say, you know what, that helps me to get through my day. It may not be the end all be it all scholarly wise, but it helps me if I think that way. There's nothing wrong with that either. But if you really want to research it, going to places where you'll you'll get the peer reviewed pieces are important. I've learned podcasts as well nowadays are a really good tool. I mean, not that that's because we're doing one because, you know, that's pretty cool. But um, podcasts in general, there's a lot of people that have a lot to say. And it's a really good platform to hear other people's stories. Like I have an autoimmune disorder has to do with my thyroid. So there's podcasts that I listen to, and it's usually about, you know, how did it work for this person? How did it work for that person? And then how do you tailor that to yourself? So, Well, and, and, and I, just one more story about resilience and part of why I met you, Sam. Uh-oh. Part of why I, I gained resilience and because of a health issue I had, in part because I started taking, say, how am I going to deal with stress? Mm -hmm. Stress was my biggest thing. And that was when I connected with theater. And now improv. And in the things that we do outside of the work environment that you and I as friends are, are, are enjoying together in that chosen family sort of way are the types of things that you can do. Now, a direct support professional, find something that distresses you. Mm -hmm. When I was doing direct support regularly, one of the things that I did, because I also started off as a musician, would take my guitar with me to work. And there were times when I could step away and play, but oftentimes my playing helped others be more resilient as well. If I was playing and singing a song, people come and sing along. I even got to use it with po folks I was supporting. Because, of course, my boss heard that and like, well... Let's do some music to, to, to support them. Folks were supporting as well. So it ended up being a win-win. I was using one of my talents and skills both to heal myself, but then it also became, became a healing piece for others. So do you have anything else that you would like to share with us about some of the research pieces that you ran into? I know we've talked a little bit about Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. We've talked a little bit about Michael Reese's book. What, what other things did you run into that were really probably good resource type ideas? Oh, I think for anybody working with anybody, I think it's really helpful to give yourself that quiet time. We live in a culture nowadays where everything's always busy now. Everything's always go, go, go. So even if you can take five minutes to just 
step back and practice that mindfulness and have a check-in with who you are will make a huge difference because sometimes you go so fast that you're kind of numb to the things around you and I think people forget that a simple walk in like the sunlight a simple moment of just quiet well it's in reason there's a lot of hums and noises around it can do a really big difference to your mood your energy and it can help you take that time to just be like okay here's where I'm at I'm doing okay so that one five minute break of just quiet is nice well and there can be little things that you can do within your day that can help build you up yep Yep. absolutely well and and, um in another one of our podcasts, uh, Linda Anderson spoke of some of those types of things. And some of them is just uh, just some mindful breathing. It's amazing how we don't breathe properly often. And when we don't breathe properly, we don't feed our brain the oxygen it needs, and we don't feed our heart the oxygen that it needs. And it ends up being really kind of hard on us health-wise. Well, that simple breathing, that's learn that a lot in dbt it, it slows your heart rate down and then it helps helps lower your stress so if you can lower your heart rate you can lower your stress and if you can lower your stress then you think more clearly so mm-hmm. right it's all connected it is should it we is. all just breathe in deeply now it just was too easy yeah you know what Jeez. Because the door's open doesn't mean you walk through it, Mark. Yeah, you know, I do a little more often than I probably should, but that's, that's just, just the humor. Chet, did you have anything else that you would, would like to ask Sam or would like to ask? I would just like to thank you for being here with us today. I've learned a lot. Well, thank you for having me, and I love doing this kind of stuff, and maybe one day I'll go back to public speaking, and well, that would be amazing. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to see you doing the... Uh, what, what is it, those those videos? That, oh, goodness. Why am I zoning on what they're called? That's so scary, but keep going. You know, <laughs> well, the, the, the fancy ones that, you know, like everybody does where it's, you know, they, they're just them in the microphone and they're just talking. Uh, TED Talks. Mo- TED Talk, yes, thank you. I would love to do a See, TED Talk one day. That'd be so cool. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my, I, I'm not a young man anymore. It, it, it was in there, just in the very back of the file drawer. A TED Kinda Talk stu- is on my bucket list. I would like to do yeah. one one day. Well, so. Then you will. You will, right. On that note, thank you again, Sam, for being with us and, and, and sharing your expertise and your uh, research. And... Just sharing humanness, because that's what we all are. That's who we support. That's who direct support professionals need to realize that they are too. You're not the superhero. Be the direct support professional, but be human first. And really share with each other and support each other to live the life that you want to choose as well. Not just supporting folks that we support to live their lives. So on that note... Um, tune in for future episodes about taking care of our physical and mental health. Episodes are available on one of your favorite podcasting streaming services. This podcast is produced by the University of Minnesota's Institute on Community Integration, and it's by and for DSP.